to episode 59 of Thorn in My Side. I'm your host, David Thorn, and here always with me is my illustrious co-host, Izzy Brown. Hey, everybody. It's good to be back. Yee! Hell yeah. How have you been, guy? It's been a minute. We uh, it's been a it's been a minute, yeah. We, uh, dude, we've been we both been busy as fuck. Oh yeah, that's true. I mean, I've been doing comedy here and there. Had a show in Manteca recently. Went down there. It was pretty cool. Had a okay set. It it was funny because there was a, a kind of an incident where somebody got up and walked up to the stage, not on my set, but like the host, right before he brought me up. Like what? Was, like why? What, what, what um, he did a joke that someone didn't agree with, and it it was just like basically it's the the dude. I don't, I'm not gonna say his name, but he did a joke about uh his like somebody sold their virginity for two point five million dollars, and he was like, oh, that makes me think about having a daughter. So you know, <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like it's kind of fucked up but this lady didn't freaking you know jive too well with it and and kind of the the messed up thing is is it was one of candace's friends so, <laughs> so the lady or the comedian the lady the lady that uh got up and walked up to the stage and candace told me later that afterwards she the lady was really embarrassed afterwards because like i didn't say anything because i don't like do crowd work it's like, I don't sure. want to talk to you. I just want to go up and do my material, and I hope you laugh. If right, not, yeah. I'm just going to die inside. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's how it goes. It was all right. I, I mean, got paid like everybody after me did way better. It got progressively better as it went because that kind of, I guess, everybody was like, yeah, that kind of took it out of the room for, you know, a little bit until people went up there and I guess addressed it. I don't know. But yeah, yeah okay. So probably. I have I I think like if, so if somebody does that, uh, I was watching a comedian. Uh, God, I can't remember the name of the comedian. He, uh, it was on Netflix, and he was talking about how somebody was heckling him during the middle of one of their shows, and he was like, "Well, why don't you just leave?" And the guy's like, "No, I pay ten pounds to be here," and I was like, "I'll give you twenty to leave." <laughs> so he just gave the guy twenty pounds, and the guy just left. <laughs> that is hilarious. I don't know, man. I, I uh, I'm too broke to be offering people money to leave shows. <laughs> Not you specifically, but like yeah. pro tip for out there in the ether for comedians. Just yeah. give them money. Give them money and tell them to leave. People don't want to walk the room though. People get upset at that, like especially at open mics. Open mics are the worst. Because you, sure. you get that one person that's not, you know, that great, and they go up there, and they just fucking eat shit, and walk half the room, and then it's your turn to go up, and it's like, oh, great, the, the people that were here laughing at everybody else just left, and now I gotta fucking go up here and talk to these same five comics that have seen my set, like, a thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, comedy, baby. Anyway... We've got some. Uh, We've got articles. some articles. We've got yeah. some articles. Our testicles. Our tickles. We've got. I've got six of them picked out. We can do some roulette. Oh, we're gonna do some Russian roulette. We'll do yeah. Some roulette. Fuck Let yeah. me go ahead and share my screen. Share your OBS. Yeah, I'll, I'll look down at my OBS. keyboard. Yeah, look down at your keyboard. Don't look at the top of the screen at all. 
I won't. I promise, God. I'm looking Actually, at the sunset colors. But... I could, uh, I could hold on. Modern problems require modern solutions. <laughs> oh my God, I'm fucking terrible at this. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're reading like all the articles. You're like, God, I'm not reading. I haven't read a single thing. I promise you. You can like you can trust it. I'm not reading the articles. Ah, fuck it. I give up. <laughs> I give up. Anyway, um, one through six, Sudowoodo. Uh, let me go with uh, six. Six? All yeah. right. This is recent. Uh, Rolling Stone. Space. God, well, I don't care about the conference finals ad. Okay, SpaceX <laughs> flight attendant says Elon Musk exposed himself and offered her a horse. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 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 He offered her, her a horse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? I I already totally am on her side. I totally believe he did that. He's like. He's the richest man in the world. He's like, you want to see my dick? I'll give you a. He's horse. like the richest dumbass in the world. Yeah. Okay. Like he. Like, he goes up and he's all like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I've got an opinion on everything. And then, like, I, I just, I'm just like, I don't agree, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, I guess he's problematic now. Anyway, let's jump into this. Elon Musk has been accused of exposing his penis to a flight attendant for SpaceX, the aerospace company Musk founded, according to Business Insider documents, show that the attendant, who is not named, was paid 250 thousand by the world's richest man to settle the sexual misconduct claim against him in 2018 the attendant is reported to have been a contract member of the spacex's corporate fleet she alleged musk exposed his erect penis rubbed her leg without consent and offered to buy her a horse as quid pro quo for an exotic massage according to interviews and documents insider said Oh my god. That's fucking what, what is okay, but, what is she like a little fucking girl? It's like you want a little well, you want a horse little you want, girl. You want a pony. Yeah. yeah okay, okay, but like the thing is is like feeding a horse, taking care of a horse is hella expensive. Yeah, it's like you want to give me a fucking uh hand job and uh, have a bunch of responsibility. You you want to give me a hand job and crippling debt? Like come on. Yeah, do like, you, I hope you own a farm to keep said horse. I mean Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's that's. I mean, that's a lot. I guess. I mean, but I mean, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for seeing a three-inch penis is probably a big deal. <laughs> three-inch right? penis. That's funny. I yeah. mean, I'm I'm just I'm guessing. I wonder two if to it three was. Inches. I wonder if it was egg-shaped like Harvey Weinstein's. Probably. I bet you it's probably egg-shaped and had. I bet you anything. Elon has like one of those really skinny shafts with one of the giant heads on top of it. <laughs> that's funny. Like. Like it's it's the kind that you feel it go in, but you don't feel anything else after. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, the information about the incident, which allegedly occurred in 2016, was included as part of a declaration from an unnamed friend of the attendant, which was prepared to support the attendant. Additional documents provided to Insider include emails and other records shared by the friend with Insider. When was this? 
article. Mm, this is 2020. This is yesterday. This is like new. No, no, honey. 2020. Oh, 2020. Is it 2020? What, what, no, it's wait, 2022. May 19th, 2022. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I was looking at the, the we're, thing for the picture. We're on the cutting edge, guy. <laughs> we're, we're reporting the news. Pe- <laughs> the, the news people need to know. Exactly. Elon <laughs> Musk showed his two-inch dick yeah. with its malformed it mushroom keep, head. It keeps getting smaller and smaller the more we talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> he needs he needs to he needs to do one of the eat me potions, but just for the dick. Damn just stick, Elon Musk just, and his one inch penis. Just stick your dick in a in a fucking eat me potion from Alice in Wonderland. I'm sure you've got the fucking technology to make it, Elon. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Dude, you made a flamethrower. And right, you made a, yeah. a flamethrower. You can make I, a fucking I've saw a dick one of those in real geyser. life. I saw one of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you were telling me about that. The guy that owned the club had one. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's continue the article. The declaration per insider claims the attendant told the friend that after she took the job, she was encouraged by superiors to obtain a license to be a masseuse ostensibly so she could give musk massages the attendant allegedly told her friend it was during a massage in a private cabin in 2016 that musk propositioned her while she gave him a full body massage when the attendant entered the cabin she claimed the spacex founder was completely naked except for a sheet covering the lower half of his body and that he later exposed his genitals and he touched her and offered to buy her a horse if she would do more, referring to the performance of sex acts. Thank you, you for reiterating you, that, Rolling Stone. And the funny part about it is, like, if you're going to offer... Okay, so let's say that we were rich, right? Yeah. And that, and that we were scumbuckets and that we did this sort of thing to people. Yeah. Um, I would offer... I think I would offer more than a horse. Okay, so, like... If he's going to pay her $250,000, why don't he just offer her, like, a condo or a, a car? Like, he, yeah. like to offer her a Tesla. Yeah, like you a know? horse? What the fuck? Are you vermin supreme, dog? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> like, I mean, it's like, this isn't the fuck. What's she going to do? Fucking, like, drive it down fucking, uh, like, yeah. Santa Monica Boulevard? Like, like, what the fuck? She's a fucking flight attendant. She doesn't have a place to put that horse. God. Un- unless it's a flying horse. Oh, maybe it's a space then, horse. Then she, could do her, <laughs> then she could do her job at the same time. Yes. All right. She, so- she hops... She hops on the horse and she's like, okay, me, the exits are to be my left and to my right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And then she's like, wait a minute, I'm on Spirit Airlines. <laughs> Elon Musk pulls off his mask and he's like, this has been Spirit Airlines the whole time and I'm really vermin supreme. He pulls off his mask and it's just Elon Musk underneath and she's like, why are you wearing an Elon Musk mask, Elon Musk? <laughs> And 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 follow up question: Why does the mask look more like you than you do? That's funny. All right. So apparently, a rep for SpaceX did not immediately return Rolling Stone's request for comment. Musk told Insider via email that there is a lot more to this story. If I were inclined to engage in sexual harassment, this is unlikely to be the first time in my entire thirty-year career that it comes to light. He wrote, calling the story politically motivated hit piece. Musk also addressed the accusations on Twitter Thursday evening. The attacks against... God 
against me should be viewed through a political lens, he wrote. This is their standard despicable playbook, but nothing will deter me from fighting for a good future and your right to free speech. Yeah, he's buying Twitter, right? Well, hey, I, he, I think it, he's I think he's pulling out of it. Okay. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I don't know. We don't care. Anyway, fuck Elon Musk. According to the yeah, friend, basically. the attendant who rides horses declined and continued with the massage. The friend claimed to Insider during an interview that the attendant told the friend he whipped out his penis, it was erect, and that he touched her thigh and told her he would buy her a horse, and he basically tried to bribe her to perform some sort of sexual favor. I mean, he's the richest man in the world. You could have had a fucking it, horse, I mean, I guess. It, it just doesn't surprise me. She like, just doesn't like horses that much, I guess. I mean... So, you know, here's the thing. This is what you do. Like, if you're going to really going to do like, if you blackmail him. Yeah, you blackmail him. That's the first part. The second part is if you're a woman, just don't take your birth control. Elon Musk's child. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like like ha like have the baby and be like, "No, this is like a mini you and you're paying me child support for like ever." It's like fill me up like an eclair Elon with your 1-inch penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait. If you can even get through your, my vaginal lips, like yeah. one. The declaration states that after the attendant declined, she felt she was being pushed out and punished for refusing to prostitute herself. In 2018, the attendant hired an employment lawyer who sent a complaint to the company. The friend was asked by the lawyer to provide the declaration to corroborate the attendant's claims. The matter was reportedly settled out of court, and the attendant was granted 250000 severance in exchange for agreeing not to sue over the claims and on condition of a non-disclosure and non-disparagement clause, which bar the attendant from discussing the matter or disclosing information about Musk and his business. Which, didn't she break that when she told her friend, or... How does that work? I mean, yeah, I, I would think that that would be broken when she told her friend, yeah. So, technically, Elon Musk could take her to court for telling people, right? I would I would think so. I, I guess it depends on what the clause, you know, specifically states. Yeah. That's weird. All right, that's the end of that article. Man, Elon Musk is in some hot water, I'll say. Boy, Elon Musk and his one-inch penis have done it again. Uh, yeah, fucking Elon, man. He's a, what if he? Nah, he can't run for president. He's he's from South Africa. We're safe, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, you know, I don't. I I have no idea if we're safe or not. I don't think we're safe. Oh no, we're definitely not safe. But you know, we're at least safe from Elon Musk running the country. <laughs> 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 we got that going for us. <laughs> Anyway, we just have to worry about Jeff Bezos now. Oh God! Oh God! I forgot about Beals of Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got a, some more. We got five more chambers. Let's do two. Two. All right. My old friend, two. Yeah. Spin it. Spin it. All right. This is from Upworthy. A couple in their 50s live permanently on a cruise ship because it's cheaper than a mortgage. I believe it, yeah. Why is there a T in mortgage? 
because you don't pronounce the T. It's not Mort Gage. It's Mortgage. Why the because fuck is there a T in there? Because it's derived from the word Mortis. Really? That means death. I know. Why does why is it derived from Mortis? Why is like is it? It's bad. because because mortgages depreciate over time. Really? What what's that mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, okay. Maybe we'll just have this conversation later, and we'll read the let's, article. Yeah, because I don't. Yeah, need let's to, have the conversation. This, this like... isn't. This isn't educate David on mortgage. It, it's like it all starts out with a silent T, and then we like deep dive into the fucking, you know, the, yeah, mortgage. We're not going there. Anyway, let's read this. Imagine retiring early and spending the rest of your life on a cruise ship, visiting exotic locations, meeting interesting people, and eating delectable food. It sounds fantastic, but surely it's a billionaire's fantasy, right? Elon Musk is probably thinking that. Nah. He's got <laughs> fucking spaceships and shit. Anyway, not according to Angeline Burke, 53 years old, and her husband, Richard, they're li living the best life, hoping, hopping from ship to ship for around $100 a night, depending on the cruise. Cruise costs vary quite a bit. Our goal is to average about $100 per night for the couple or less across an entire calendar year, Richard told Upworthy. The Burks have called cruise ships their home since May 2021 and have no plans to go back to their lives as landlubbers. Arr. Angeline took her first cruise in 1992 and it changed her goals in life forever. She wants to be a pirate on a cruise ship. Just out on buy the a open boat. Sea. Like our original plan was to stay in different countries for a month at a time and eventually retire to cruise ships as we got older, Angeline told Seven News. But a few years back, Angeline crunched the numbers and realized they could start much sooner than expected. We loved to travel, and we were searching for a way to continuously travel in our retirement that made financial sense, she said. They looked into deals they could find through loyalty memberships and then factored in potential sale price of their home and realized their dream was totally affordable. So, apparently, the rough math makes sense. If the couple hits their goal of spending $100 per night to live on a cruise ship, that's $36,500 a year. Currently, the average price of a home in Tuckwila, Washington, where the couple has a house, is about $607,000. let us say you move there today and put down 20% and finance the rest. The mortgage would cost you around $44,000 a year. Plus, on a cruise ship, the, the couple doesn't have to pay for groceries. That's smart. They don't have to mm -hmm. pay for electricity, groceries. No. They're Water. on a fucking cruise ship. Oh my god. I want to live on a cruise ship. Me too. Let's do it. <laughs> we just have to be able to get $36,000 a year. Well, I mean, from my recent I could... last check from Barnes and Nobles, I made a dollar 75. I could just so... I could just write a bunch of clean comedy and be a cruise ship comedian. 
You can, you can be like, hey, everybody, thanks for coming on the ship. Sure hope it doesn't sink tonight. Yeah, that'd be Titanic. Ha ha. Ha ha. Anyway, the Burks are able to live their dream because they've spent a lifetime being responsible. We have frugal, we've been frugal all our lives to save and invest in order to achieve our goals, she says. We're not into materialistic things, but experiences. Angeline says that cruising takes the stress out of travel. It, it is leisurely travel without the complications of booking hotels, restaurants, and transportation while staying within our budget. The couple travels lightly with just two suitcases between them, and if they need anything, they just buy it on the ship or in the next port. The one thing to consider before embarking on a never-ending cruise is COVID-19. The coronavirus is easily spread in close quarters, and a cruise ship that recently docked in Seattle had 100 people on board who tested positive for the virus. The CDC recommends that people get vaccinated before going blah, blah, blah. I'm not reading the rest of that. <laughs> okay. Richard told Upworthy that he believes COVID-19 safety is still very important and has had both his shots and a booster. I honestly really don't care about reading about them talking about COVID-19. <laughs> That's just me personally because I don't think they're going to say anything of, you know, you're not talking about something, being on a fucking Something we boat. don't already know. Yeah, we're, you're not talking about being on a boat. You're talking about fucking coronavirus now, and I don't, I don't care. I'm going to skip over that. Okay. After leaving their jobs in the mainland behind, the Burks completed a 21-day cruise via the Panama Canal. They look forward to a 50-day cruise around the Adriatic Sea, taking in the sights of Europe, as well as a 51-day cruise from Seattle to Sydney, Australia. Yeah, we're not going to talk about COVID because we're going to probably talk about something that's going to bring us down later anyway. Oh, boy. But we'll see. I don't know. It's one of those articles is like, God, that's not a funny article. <laughs> but I sure saved it in my funny news articles. <laughs> You're like, we're going to make fun of it anyway, Sinuido. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the Burke's favorite destinations, no matter how they get there, are Italy, Canada, Iceland, and the Bahamas. But their ultimate favorite is Singapore. Really? Hmm. I've heard Singapore's very nice, unless you do something to get caned. Yeah. Like spit. Looking to give it all up and go on a permanent vacation, just like the Burks. Angeline has some advice for those wanting to get started. Where do they stay in between cruises, I wonder? Uh, that's a good question. They probably get a hotel. I don't know. But let's see what her advice is. <laughs> and it's just like one line that says don't do it's it it's just the same article I don't, I don't i really don't care i i uh i just decided that now do you want to move to the next article yeah let's go to the next one let's do uh four four uh this is from god <laughs> god.daily.com this is right up our alley guy falls in love with his gym bro realizes he's bi uh-huh yeah <laughs> Okay. First, a little backstory. Boom, boom. That's a butt reference. Ah. Ah. Oh, dude, it in the butt. <laughs> According to the OP, he was at the gym a few months back when he noticed a guy and felt something that he couldn't quite explain. My dick's getting hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Rather than letting it eat at him, he decided to introduce himself, and the two hit it off, quickly becoming gym buddies. This all started a few months ago. I noticed this guy at my gym, and I knew something was immediately off. His clothes. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was, like, nervous to even look at him, but I decided to get rid of that nervousness and just talk to him. <laughs> just jizz. <laughs> he was actually really nice and funny, and we quickly became buddies. Then about two weeks later, my girlfriend broke up with me. I told him that, and we had a heart-to-heart where he casually came out as gay. But that initial offness that I felt when I first saw him didn't go away, and I quickly started to piece together that it was the same feeling I get when I look at a really pretty girl. Okay, so the OP went on in the post telling the strangers of Reddit how gorgeous Jimbro was and that he wished he could snuggle, text, and kiss him. God, you're weird. (laughs) Uh, It's like, yeah. Okay, and over the months, it's been increasingly hard to be near him because he's just so gorgeous. (laughs) I guess whenever I go to sleep. Increasingly hard, yeah. (laughs) Ba-doom-doom-tss. Whenever I go to sleep, I just imagine him there snuggled up to me. I just want to text him all the time. I just want to kiss him so bad. I guess this is me coming out as bi. I met a beautiful guy at the gym, and we became best friends. I love his personality. He makes me laugh nonstop. And NGL, he's mad thick. I want to ask him out so bad. He's like, oh, man, I just looked at that guy, and I was like, oh, I wish he'd breed me. Right here in the middle of this gym. <laughs> oh my god! I want to be your cum dumps. That's funny. So the comments at Twitter blew up with responses to this heartfelt romantic gym guy and offered suggestions and well wishes, hoping that he would confess to Jim Bro. Okay, let's see what people said this is hands down the sweetest thing i've heard in a while go for it and good luck and that guy's like gonna ask him out tomorrow Aww. there was an overflowing of support and good luck post with people telling op that they were constantly refreshing to check for updates update at the gym right now we're gonna do our sets and when we leave i'm gonna walk him to his car and tell him thanks for the courage everyone (laughs) people were sitting at the edge of their seats waiting to hear what jimbro said and they weren't disappointed when the update came i'm fucking crying in my car right now holy shit he said yes so i walked him to his car and i told him and bruh the way i couldn't speak lamau I was so nervous, but basically he said he kind of thought I was into him because I can only catch you respectfully staring at my butt so many times before it's a little sus, but I I told him that I'm by and we're going on a date Friday, but like, bruh, he looked so flustered and cute when I told him he had the prettiest smile and for the people saying stuff about my vocab and texting i'm a history major not smart my vocab consists of i guess like idk i'm bruh and fucking but anyways i guess we're a little more than just gym bros now i seriously couldn't have done this if this didn't get so much random ass support anyways i'm fucking shaking i actually did it i love him so much so so fucking much thank you for the support oh that's sweet but I don't know, man. 
That's crazy. Crazy. How is that crazy? Like, just, sometimes, sometimes you fall into things you don't realize true. you want. It is true. That's very true. I don't know. It just seems like he loves the guy really quick, but I don't know how long they've known each other. So, you know, I'm just, yeah, I'm just weird with that. I'm like, that guy seems really obsessed pretty quick, but I mean, I guess. I don't hey, know. like if, if, if I like, like study, I, I'll fall in love with them like that. I yeah, mean, like that, I've got, I've, I've got like five albums that talk about it. <laughs> I've found that that's doesn't just, I don't know. It's never ended well for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, well, hey, same here. I've got five albums about that, too. Yeah, it's never ended well for me, so I'm kind of, like, weird with love now. You know what I mean? But, yeah, all You're right. like, I can't trust love anymore. <laughs> all right, we've got a couple more. we got four uh, more. Just, let's, just, let's, do, let's just do one. One? All right. That's not the right one. Okay. Wild facts we never knew about Tom Cruise. These are always great. <laughs> is there is one of them going to be like his teeth aren't straight? <laughs> is I that don't know. 13 wild facts. This is from Ranker. We always do Ranker articles. They should fucking uh yeah, they, should they should sponsor us, us. Ranker. Fucking sponsor us, yeah, fucking Ranker. Fucking, fucking ranker. do it. What are you doing, Ranker? Sponsor you us. You fucking want us to be part of your fucking Ranker team? Yeah. We fucking, we know what we're doing. We Fuck. know what we're doing. We read your articles all the time. We're like your biggest yeah. fans. We yeah, totally don't much, talk crap about you. So much better than Vice. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, so much better than Vice. We love you more I mean, than Vice, Ranker. I, you know what? I, I think if Vice was like a sentient thing, I could totally see getting into like a chicken fight with it. Yeah. You know, like the kind they had on Family Guy where it just, like, through airplanes across the sea over top of buildings. Like, that would be you and Vice. Yeah. Okay, so Tom Cruise has been one of the top movie stars in the world for decades. There's a lot that is known about the soon-to-be 60-year-old actor, such as his three marriages and divorces to well-known actresses and his devotion to Scientology. But there are a lot of facts and stories about Cruz that may not be well known, such as the fact that he was a real-life hero not once but twice in 1996, coming to the aid of a woman who was hit by a car and a group of people stuck on a burning yacht, or that his iconic dance scene in Risky Business helped to boost the sales of Ray-Bans, or that a talk show appearance by Cruz was the model for Christian Bale's performance in American Psycho. Hmm. Hopefully these stories will give readers more sin insight into Tom Cruise. All right. Thanks for telling us two of the things that we're about to read about, Ranker. No yeah, Ranker. More. Way to repeat yourself. Yeah, thanks for repeating yourself. Be better, but still sponsor us. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Cruz witnessed a pedestrian get hit by a car, followed her to a hospital, and paid her ER bill. Now, did he offer her a pony if she would do further than that? Cruz. Okay, see what I mean? Look at okay, look at his smile. Do you see what I'm saying by his teeth not being straight? Look at the look at where his retainer on. Look okay, see look at where his nose is and go line straight down. And you'll see that his his teeth are shifted to the right a little bit. Yeah, they are. All right. Cruz often plays a hero in his films, but in 1996, the actor was a real-life hero in two separate incidents. In March 1996, Cruz saw a pedestrian named Helosia Venas 
get struck by a car in a hit-and-run incident, the actor asked another pedestrian to call an ambulance, which he then followed to the UCA LA Medical Center. Venice was treated for a broken leg and bruised ribs, and when Cruz learned she didn't have any insurance, he ended up paying her $7,000 hospital bill. A grateful Venice told People Magazine, if he's not Superman, he can be Batman. Batman doesn't have superpowers. Aww. Aww. A few months later, Cruz and then-wife Nicole Kidman were sailing off the island of Capri when they spotted a nearby yacht that had caught fire. Cruz sent over a skiff to rescue the five people on board. They were able to get to safety just before the yacht sank. The actor's publicist later told People Magazine, Cruise did what any decent person would do. If I ever get in trouble, I hope Tom Cruise is nearby. Aw. So, th that's one strike for him being a good dude. These yeah. Riker articles are really how we determine if people are good people. It's true. It's really it, the yeah. only way you can tell if someone's a good person, if there's a Ranker article about them. Because we know Wesley Snipes sucks now. Oh, yeah. He totally Driving 100... Dude, like, just the fact that he drives 120 miles per hour into fucking ATMs, that's just insane. Yeah. All right. But, you know, if I had a ranker... Okay, so if I had a ranker article about me, it would be like, is Maya Brown eats peanut butter directly from the tub? <laughs> uh, that'd, be, like, that'd be like a number one fact. Like, what would be a fact about you that... <laughs> All right. So th this next one... Cruise oh, you just you just dodged that shit. You just like fucking. I'm not even listening to you, guy. Peanut butter out of a bathtub. <laughs> I, I don't know. You didn't. You, okay, listen to what I am saying. Okay. If there was a ranker article about me, it would. The number one fact would be that I eat peanut butter directly out of the tub of peanut butter. Like I just scoop it out with a spoon. Who does? What it? would be? What would be one about you? Oh me? I don't know. Uh, hmm. That I that I uh, leave a if I have ice cream I leave a spoon in the freezer so if I want to go like just have like a bite of ice cream I can. <laughs> okay, that, I've never heard anyone ever. I've never heard of doing that. Hey, it's convenient, bro. <laughs> that and I don't have an ice maker, so I have a bowl in my freezer that I put ice cubes in. So like you go and buy ice and then you no, like dump no. the ice. I make ice trays and every time I put ice in like my water, I usually oh, empty ice trays into a bowl. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So no, that's that's smart. That's my ranker article thing. <laughs> now we can move on to number two. Cruz was one of the only people working on Interview with the Vampire to actually read the book. <laughs> yeah. In 1976, Anne Rice saw her debut novel, a gothic horror and vampire story called Interview with the Vampire, published. This first book was followed by a number of sequels collectively known as The Vampire Chronicles. In 1994, Interview with the Vampire was adapted into a film with Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt in the lead roles. Reportedly, while director Neil Jordan was too lazy to read all of the books, and Pitt didn't make it past the first chapter because he found it a waste of time. Cruz read the entire series of books in preparation for portraying the vampire Lestat. And he probably yeah, he killed was a, it. Dude, he did kill it. That's a, He was a fucking awesome Lestat. That's a good movie. Yeah. Okay, number three. Christian Bale's performance as Patrick Bateman in American Psycho was inspired by Tom Cruise. 
Christian Bale portrayed Patrick Bateman in the 2000 film adaptation of Brett Easton Ellis's novel American Psycho. Bale replaced Leonardo DiCaprio in the role and physically transformed himself in order to play the stock market investor slash serial killer. He also decided to try and model Bateman on a real person in order to make the portrayal more authentic. As American Psycho director told Black Book Magazine, she and Bale had several discussions about how Bateman should be portrayed. We talked a lot, but he was in L.A. and I was in New York. We didn't actually meet in person a lot, just talked on the phone. We talked about how Martian like Patrick Bateman was, how he was looking at the world like somebody from another planet, watching what people did and trying to work out the right way to behave. Finally, Bale came up with his inspiration on how to play the character. Bale called me, and he had been watching Tom Cruise on David Letterman, and Cruise just had this very intense friendliness with nothing behind the eyes, and he was really taken with the energy. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to watch the interview now. The David Letterman interview? Yeah, I want to see if it's, like, fucking crazy. You've seen like him on that Oprah shit where he just, yeah 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 no I saw that like and then like that when they made fun of it what was it scary maybe when like Oprah's there and he's like breaking her hands and shit so he basically saved Ray Bans from extinction cool story do 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 we really want to dive deeper into that or is this one we want to skip over what do you think uh let's just go to something else Le- no, like Tom I mean, Cruise is we're gonna keep Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's we'll keep over. going, but I just don't want. I don't. I, don't, I really don't care about the Ray Bans. I mean, you already told us about that. That's like not a surprise to us. And I mean, yeah, the church. Here, of Sci- I'll, I'll I'll spoil it because I've already read it. Forty percent is what they boosted sales. There you go. Okay. All right. So the Church of Scientology allegedly picked out a girlfriend for him. I'll read this. It has been widely reported that Tom Cruise is a member of the Church of Scientology. In Going Clear on the 2015 HBO documentary about Scientology, former church executive Mike Rinder claimed, in the eyes of Scientology leader David Miscavige, Tom Cruise is the perfect Scientology celebrity, and that the church would do favors for Cruise, such as tricking out his cars and motorcycles in order to keep him happy. The documentary also reveals that the church handpicked and groomed a young woman to become the movie star's new girlfriend. Did they offer her a horse? (laughs) (laughs) According to Lawrence Wright, author of the book Going Clear, on which the HBO documentary was based. Tom was in Spain. They were opening a new Scientology church in Madrid, and he was overheard complaining that he needed a new girlfriend soon after that a young Scientologist pre-med student named Nazanin Banyadi was told she was going to get a special assignment 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 you gotta ride tom cruise's dick we're gonna give you a horse yeah alex gibney the director of the hbo documentary claimed he learned the details of her experience through fbi testimony david miscavige assigned the nazanin's case to a key church official greg will he put her through one month program of on-camera interviews intensive auditing and some security checks wright added that Boniata 
was separated from her family and moved to the church's celebrity center at the time. She had a boyfriend but broke up with him after the church gave her evidence that he'd had an affair. According, uh-huh. according to Wright, once she was officially single, Bonyati was given a makeover so she would appear more attractive to Cruz. Wow. Nazanin was told that her makeover was part of the church's humanitarian mission because she had to look her best for conferences with world leaders. Only after she was flown first class to New York did she discover the actual role that the church wanted her to play. She was to be the girlfriend of Scientology's biggest star. Within a month, Nazanin was living with Cruz. While at his house in Telluride, Miscavige came to visit, overcome by a severe headache, Nazanin had a hard time understanding Miscavige, which infuriated him. The next day, Cruz, inches from her face, pounded on the table and screamed at her for insulting the head of the church. Two weeks after Miscavige's visit, Boniati learned that her relationship with Cruz was over, but Cruz wasn't the one who informed her of the breakup. Instead, a church executive named Tommy Davis... Probably not the comedian Tommy Davis. <laughs> it's even funnier if it is. Allegedly did the dirty work. The, ch- the church, the church like primed somebody and had them like working for six weeks undercover to do this role, and then they were like, "Okay, what's my thing?" And he's like, "You have to break with Tom Cruise's girlfriend." <laughs> yes. Film director Paul Haggis, a former Scientologist, said. Bonyati told him that after she was informed that her relationship was over, people from the church came to her apartment and removed any evidence, photos, letters, etc. of her involvement with the movie star. Damn, that church is crazy. Yeah, that church is insane. In her memoir, Troublemaker, Surviving Hollywood and Scientology, actor Leah Remini, a former Scientologist, claimed that the church punished Bagnati because she had confided in another church member about the end of the relationship. She was subjected to doing four months of menial labor, including tasks such as digging ditches and cleaning public toilets with a toothbrush. Eventually, she was promoted to selling Dianetics books on the streets of Tampa. She wasn't allowed to talk to anyone, particularly her Scientology friends. She was considered a traitor. She was not allowed to go anywhere alone unless escorted either by church security, ethics staff, or representative flag, flag's president's office. They're a cult. Yeah, they are a cult. Bagnati eventually left the church and has since become a successful actress, although neither she nor Cruz have ever spoken publicly about their alleged relationship. The Church of Scientology has denied having any involvement in Cruz's romantic life. I'm that, sure they have. That's really not about Tom Cruise. That's about the Church of Scientology being fucked up. But, I mean, he yeah. is a part of it. He's like a big part of it. Yeah. All right. Cruz almost started in Edward Scissorhands, but asked too many questions about the character. Oh, excuse him for being like trying to get into the role and learn about it. I mean, he sounds sounds like he was just being a thorough actor. Yeah, sounds his, like he was being like trying to get his moorings. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like I need to know about the character so I can fucking play the character how you want me to play the character. Anyway. Johnny Depp earned the critical acclaim, including a Golden Globe nomination for Best Actor 
in a musical or comedy for his portrayal of the young man with blades for hands in Tim Burton's 1990 film Edward Scissorhands. But according to Caroline Thompson, the film's screenwriter, several other actors, including Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Cruise, were considered for the role. In 2005, Thompson spoke to Days Digital about why Cruise was passed over for the part. Cruise wanted to know how Edward went to the bathroom. He was asking the kind of questions about the character that can't be asked for this character. Part of the delicacy of the story was not answering questions like, how does he go to the bathroom? How did he live without eating all those years? Tom Cruise was certainly unwilling to be in the movie without those questions being answered. I mean... Those, Those are, are valid questions. Valid questions. Yeah. yeah. Questions that everybody that watched that movie fucking probably had. Yeah, because, like, I mean, like, how does he jack off? Like, I mean, that's just unfeasible. Yeah. Unless he has, like, a scissor dick, and then... Which... Ooh, maybe he does. Maybe he scissors. Ah! Number seven. Cruz split from all three of his wives when they were 33. That's kind of weird. That's... Yeah, that's a weird... That's like some freaking probably weird, crazy OCD that he's got. So, Cruz has been married and divorced three times with all of his wives. Being actresses, he was married to Mimi Rogers from 87 to 90, to Nicole Kidman from 90 to 2001, and Katie Holmes from 2006 to 2012. She was the longest one, right? That's like six years. Every other one was three, right? Yeah, looks like. Well, Wait, no, Nicole, no, no, Nicole Kidman. Yeah. yeah, I'm terrible at my... That's 11 years. My B. Anyway, all three women turned 33 the year that they separated from Cruz, although Rogers and Kidman were 34 when their divorces, divorces were finalized. While this could be just a strange coincidence, the number 33 has special significance in Scientology. An unnamed former Scientologist explains the number's meaning. Number 33 is known as the master teacher. It represents altruism and increasing your positive energy. It's associated with healing powers through love. Okay. okay. Why would you get a divorce then? Still, the source didn't believe that the number's significance in Scientology had anything to do with when the movie star's marriages fell apart. Marriage problems come from what Scientologists call withholds, or what the rest of us call not communicating. Tom's divorces have nothing to do with his wives turning 33. Plus, if Katie did blindside Tom with the divorce, unless she plans to continue to study Scientology, then the number 33 significance has nothing to do with the split. Okay, that's an interesting fact. Number eight, Cher Cher said Tom Cruise was one of her top five lovers. Wow. Let's read this. (laughs) Cher has had a remarkable career. She has won an Academy Award for Best Actress in Moonstruck, been nominated for a Grammy Award seven times, winning once, won a Primetime Emmy Award, and was one of the recipients of the 2018 Kennedy Center Honors. She's nearly as famous for her personal life as she is for her career, spanning nearly 60 years. Although she's only been married twice, Cher has been romantically linked to many other famous individuals, including Tom Cruise. 
Cher was 38 or 39, and Cruz was 22 or 23 when they began dating. They first met at Sean Penn and Madonna's wedding in 1985, but it wasn't until shortly after they both attended an event at the White House that they started dating. During a 2008 appearance on Oprah, Cher spoke about her relationship. He was shy. He said he felt like such a boob in school and nobody talked to him. We went on a date once for dinner in New York restaurant and the waitress was from his old school. He told me she never talked to him back in school, but now he was recognized he got all her attention. It could have been a great big romance because I was crazy for him. The couple who had been together for a few months broke up around the time Cruz began filming The Color of Money. The reason for the breakup was given as conflicting schedules. In 2013, Cher appeared on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. The host asked about Ask her about her best lovers she had ever had, and then specifically about where Cruz would rank. She replied, a lot of them kind of came in first, and I <laughs> had just the greatest lovers ever. Cruz was in the top five. That's funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. Share. A lot of them came in first. I bet they did. Yeah. Skeet, skeet, skeet. <laughs> All right. Number nine. Number nine. All right. He drew graffiti on the Burj Khalifa in Dubai. Wow. Let's see. The Burj Khalifa in Dubai is the tallest building in the world. While spending time in the country filming scenes for Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, Tom Cruise decided to write a message on the building's spire. The message, which was reportedly jotting during a break in filming, was said to consist of the actor's signature along with the heart symbol and a message to his then-wife, Katie Holmes, and family. Greg's the film stunt coordinator. <laughs> I don't know how to say that name. I don't know either. The only person who will ever see his signature is the guy who paints the building someday. Wow. Unless it melts. We've got a couple more. All right. Okay. He saved the American release of Locked Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Hmm. Was he, he wasn't even in that movie. Was he? I don't. I don't, think I don't he know. Was. I've seen it. I'm pretty sure he wasn't. Let's read this. The 1998 film Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels brought director Guy Ritchie major attention and gave actor Jason Fleming a breakthrough role. Made on a budget of just over $1 million, it has grossed more than $28 million worldwide. But as the film's producer, Matthew Vaughn, admitted during a 2015 appearance on the Radio 4 program, The Business of Film, the movie struggled to find an American distributor, so Vaughn asked Trudy Styler, one of the film's investors, to reach out to her friend Cruz to ask if he might be interested in coming to a screening, which he did. It it was hysterical. You had all these mid-level executives sitting there, and Cruz walked in. He saw them all sit up and pay attention, all getting on their phones, and suddenly all these senior executives joined the screening. At the end, Tom got up in front of everyone and said, This is the best movie I've seen in years. You guys would be fools not to buy it. <laughs> Gramercy Films ended up winning the subsequent bidding war for the film's U.S. distribution rights. <laughs> that's great. That is. That's freaking cool. Number 11. 
He overcame dyslexia as a child. Enough said. <laughs> I, I I heard that during the movie Legend, when he was filming that, um, that he had to have people read his scripts to him. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Number 12. He sends cakes to his co-stars. Oh, that's Aww. nice. That's, that's, that's the last one. Stanley Kubrick once filmed 95 takes of Cruz walking through a door. Does not surprise me. Does not. Let's just... That's the that's the end of that article, man. And the train's actually pulled into the station almost. I mean, we have a couple more, but I don't know. We got like two more. Uh... Let's let's just pick one. Let's just pick one, and we'll do one more. Oh God, dude! Um, do the one you want to do. I know which one you want to do. <laughs> it's from my arch nemesis, Vice. Okay, <clears throat> this is from Vice World News. Cop killed by his own dog while awaiting trial over death of three teens. That's a lot to take in right there. That that's Just a that lot of unpacking. Sen sentence of fucking loan. Killed by his okay. own dog. That's some unpacking. All right, let's 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 get into this because this is this this makes me kind of want to giggle. Yeah, the 2019 Monty massacre is one of the most emblematic cases of police abuse in Argentina in recent years. Oh, this is Argentina. Okay. No wonder we hadn't heard about it. One of the 24 cops arrested is now dead. Oh, look at that dog. I hope that's the dog that killed him. <laughs> it's adorable. <laughs> okay. So, a cop on house arrest was killed by his own dog while he awaited trial for one of Argentina's cases. In 2019, Argentine police shot at a car during a high-speed pursuit. Shots that prosecutors later described as without probable car cause. The car under pursuit then crashed into a parked trailer, killing three young teenagers and one adult. After protest and outrage, 24 police were charged for either being involved in the incident or helping cover it up. Damn. That's a lot. One of the highest ranking of those officers was retired local commissioner Claudio Martinez, who was attacked by one of his Rottweiler dogs at his residence while on house arrest. He later died at the hospital on May 10th from blood loss related to a wound on his arm. Martinez is accused of covering up the 2019 incident and neglecting his duties as a public official. And, and being a bad pet owner, like, your dogs yeah. normally don't just, you yeah. know, attack you. Yeah, you're, you're probably fighting your dogs. His death brings renewed attention to the upcoming trial in Argentina that led to practically an entire local police force being arrested for alleged abuse of authority. What exactly happened in the early morning hours of May 20th, 2019 is still unclear. 22-year-old Carlos Anibal Suarez went for a late-night drive in the town of San Miguel del Monte with four young teenagers. Camila Lopez, 13, Danilo Sanson. Oh, this is telling about the freaking death of the kids. I don't really want to read this. I, I mean, why? This right, fuck it. Let's read it. Anyway, <laughs> they're, Camila Lopez, 13, Danilo Sanson, 13, Gonzalo Dominguez, 14, and Rocio Quagliero, Quagliero, yeah. Quagliero. Quagliero. Yeah. 
13, when they came under fire from local police. Only Quagliero survived the ensuing crash and spent, th spent weeks in intensive care. The next day, protests erupted in San Miguel del Monte, about an hour south of Buenos Aires, as well as other parts of Argentina, with calls for the police who instigated the pursuit of the vehicle to be investigated. It soon became known throughout the country as the Monte Massacre. It's alleged that the three police officers drove up to the car, flashed either a gun or a flashlight, causing the driver of the vehicle with the teenagers inside to flee. The police allegedly fired at the car during the ensuing chase, which then ran into a parked trailer, totaling the vehicle and killing four of its passengers. Several bullets from the officers' guns were found at the scene of the accident, including one discovered inside 14-year-old Gonzalo Dominguez. The police Damn. That, yeah. The police department then allegedly tried to cover up the crime and made it seem like an accident, but failed. Eventually, 24 police officers were charged in February 2021. The majority of local police force in the town prosecutors alleged that there was no well-founded reason for the three officers to have engaged with the vehicle and carried out illegitimate aggression that led to the teenager's death. They also alleged that 21 other officers helped them obfuscate the evidence. Did I say that right? Yeah, obfuscate. Obfuscate. I've never heard that word. It means to uh, make it obtuse, to make it uh, not being able to be seen through. We're not going to go into it like mortgage or mortgage. <laughs> mortgage. Okay, so the reason why a mortgage is called a mortgage is because the debt <laughs> dies at the end of, like, once you paid it off, it's dead. Okay. So, two years after that fateful night, the lone surviving victim, Rocio Quagliero, discussed her lasting trauma in her first interview since the crash. What the police cause doesn't have a cure. The only expectation is that those responsible serve their sentence for the rest of their lives, Quagliero told the local media. Nearly three years after the instance, the emblematic case has yet to go to trial. While one of those officers will not face justice due to the attack of his Rottweiler, another 23 will someday. Well, like, that go dog, ahead. That dog's the MVP. Yeah, the dog's the MVP. He was like, you murdered some kids, now I'm going to murder you. That's yeah. like, like you're, li you're living with a dog. He's like, every time you do something wrong, the dog's just like, I'm going to murder you like you murdered those kids. And he's like, okay, 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 okay. And then so, that one time he was just like, all right, I'm just going to do it. Yeah, yeah. Good, good boy. Good boy. Anyway, that was a that was that note to end it on. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We just like ended on a dark note. It's like we had all this lighthearted stuff the whole time. We had a fucking we could end it on the goddamn love story, but we yeah didn't. no we could we could have but you we, know that's not really our mo. That's not roulette. Like, that's not uh we we got the the bullet at the end of the fucking episode <laughs> it's just like we spun the chamber and you you let me pick <laughs> yeah no i let you pick I, I knew which one you wanted to do i knew you had one about death but i didn't know what it was about yeah <laughs> but anyway that's that's been the episode uh you got anything that you want to plug yeah so uh i've released an album american mythology you can pick it up everywhere where fine music or in this case my music is sold um that's is may 
I-Z-M-E-I-A-H, brown, like the color, no relation. Um, and so, yeah, just just look me up on SoundCloud, look me up on iTunes, show me some love, you know, all that. Hell yeah. Um, let me think. I've got some shows coming up. I'll just freaking shout them out, I guess. I got one on the 28th in Stockton at the Hype Bar. If you want to pull up to that, if you listen to the podcast and you're in Stockton. Um, I also have a show coming up at the Punchline. I believe June 1st, Comedy Congregation with Johnny Taylor. Looking forward to that one. Punchline. And uh, I'm just trying to get on stage wherever. You can follow me. On Instagram, the Southern Reject, I've been posting stuff every day. I've been post. I Photoshop my face into uh, movie posters. That's my new thing. They're hilarious. Yeah, they're pretty. Like, some of them are pretty good. I have to say myself, I'm not. I don't. I'm not one to normally brag about things, right, guy? Right. Yeah. But some of mine are good. Like I think one of my personal favorites that I've did recently was the Inglorious Bastards one. I was, that one's good. I, I was really proud of myself on that one because I used the technique that you showed me on the Scarface one, and I mm-hmm. applied. Did, did I did I kill it? Yeah, you killed it. Definitely. Yeah. Any, I, I I think my favorite one is the one where you did us. I like the mask reveal. Yes, that like one, it looked really good. That was like one of my first best ones that people were just like they they thought that one was funny. I think yeah. that's where I really started getting. But they they keep getting better. I'm gonna keep doing it. Uh, damn. I think that's all I've got. I mean, email did just pop into my head, but I don't. <laughs> fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. I, I thought let's about it. We got to get disappointed before we go. All right. Let's get disappointed before we go. Let's let's end on a truly sour note. <laughs> let's let, let let's let's get depressed even more. <laughs> well, I'm not depressed, but let's get disappointed. Let's, let's add disappointment to our depression. Yeah. We'll go for the double D's. All right. Let's see. We've got a lot. Nope. No new no new stuff. There we go. Well, you know, if you guys did want to email us, where could they do that, David? Thorn in my side podcast at gmail.com. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. <laughs> Thorn in my side podcast at gmail.com. That's thorn with an E because vowels are important. They cost money. But yeah, that's been our podcast. Uh, you got anything else for him? Hey, we love you guys and thanks for listening. Love you guys. Catch you next time.